Hey everyone, welcome to the Bible Revival Podcast. This is Paul and Taylor Johnson. We are so glad to have you listening to our third episode. Let's go. Whoop! Um, We have been diving into the Word on our first two episodes and nothing's changing for this one. We're going to be diving in. Last week we talked about conviction from the word of God and from the Holy Spirit. And this week we want to bring some clarity and talk about conviction versus condemnation. Um, We believe there's a lot of confusion about this in the body of Christ, especially through walking with people and shepherding people and counseling people. We just see that a lot of times the conviction of the Holy Spirit gets twisted by Mm -hmm. the enemy into condemnation. So we want to draw some really clear lines today about what conviction is and that it is not condemnation. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So let's start in John 16. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit and I'll read in verse seven and eight. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer behold me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. So first things first, it's to your advantage that I go away. Man, there are so many people that don't understand this. Why? Because we've reduced the Holy Spirit to a highlighter. He just helps you read your Bible. Mm -hmm. He just helps you have that aha moment in the scriptures, which is powerful. And we need the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit does a whole lot more than that. And one of the things he does is he convicts us Mm -hmm. of sin. He convicts us of the truth of God's word. The Holy Spirit, Jesus says later that one of his roles is to remind us of the words of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit brings to mind the word of God. The Holy Spirit helps to apply the word of God to our hearts. But so many people feel a condemnation. They feel guilt, they feel shame, and they think it's God, and it's not God. And so we want to try to make a distinction for people today. Hopefully that is liberating and that is life-giving. It really breaks my heart when people think that God is condemning them. Because listen, if you are in Christ Jesus, the scripture says that there's no condemnation for you, Romans 8.1. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, for the law of of life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. So you're set free from the law of sin, from the law of death. You're set free from condemnation. So this brings into view our perception of who God is, his character, his nature, how he speaks to us. So God is a loving father. And if we're born again, we're his children, we're his sons, we're his daughters, and he cares about us and he wants what's best for us. And so when we are doing something wrong or we're in danger, God has a way of warning us through the conviction of the spirit. But the conviction of the spirit is life-giving. It calls us higher. It's a amazing how in my life I have experienced the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God has convicted me of great sin in my life, but he's never made me feel worthless. 
He's never made me feel small. He's never made me feel like dirt. That's not how God deals with us. Even in discipline, in Hebrews 12, which, Tay, we were talking about this earlier before we started, that the discipline of the Father is for our good. And it says God deals with us as sons. Mm -hmm. He's not beating us over the head. He's not trying to wear us down. You know, God doesn't use shame like we think of shame, like guilt, like regret, like feeling worthless, keeping a record of your wrongs, all those things. That's not the conviction of the Holy Spirit. What do you think? Yeah, and I just think if you have had an experience with your upbringing that discipline was abusive or out of control or even unpredictable, that the Lord would want to highlight that today that he's not unpredictable that he is never changing that he always stays the same these are all things the word says about god and that he brings conviction to our hearts because he loves us because he wants us to look like his son because he wants what's best for us where i know a lot of times as humans our parents maybe disciplined us for their own benefit or for what was convenient for them you know no one is perfect and no parenting is going to be perfect but we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and put our lens of how we view our parents onto the father who is perfect. So he convicts our hearts, but he is never abusive. He's never yes. harsh. He's never condemning. He's always calling us yeah. to his heart. He doesn't put us in our rooms and leave us there alone. Yes. He's always calling us closer to him. Right. And so we understand that the Holy Spirit is the voice of the father and the son to us. He's our advocate. That's what that word helper, he's the paraclete. So he's pleading the cause of the Father in our lives. So here's what I like to uh, help people understand is that condemnation is perverted conviction. Mm. Condemnation is a conviction that often gets hijacked or distorted by shame. That's good. So let's say that someone uh, attends a, a service at our Father's house and the Lord put a message on my heart about sexual purity. And they're living a life of sexual immorality. They're in sin. They're having sex outside of marriage. They're experiencing sexual pleasure, not with their husband, not with their wife. And so they know they're in sin. And I preach that truth. I could have all the love in my heart. And of mm -hmm. course, I try to. But it doesn't matter how much I love them or how much love I'm coding the truth with. If they don't receive the truth of that conviction from a place of, I want to change and be transformed, yep. it gets perverted, it gets hijacked, it becomes condemnation, and they feel like they're being beat down. But oftentimes it's because there's a root of rebellion in people where actually the problem is you don't want to change. Yeah. And you realize that if you receive received and you responded to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and might not be sexual sin. It could be how you steward your money or how you parent your kids or how you steward your time or whatever. God is applying his word to you and trying to bring us into maturity. That condemnation is really perverted conviction. It, it gets distorted in our soul. And so even like about a year ago, I was actually preaching 
on the conviction of the Holy Spirit, which come to find out was really beneficial for a lot of people. So we felt like it was important to revisit it and talking about the Word of God. So shout out to all of our Our Father's House friends and family listening. But um, the Lord spoke to me and he told me, he said, Paul, if you preach conviction to condemned people, it creates more confusion. And so I felt like the Lord checked me on it and caused me to kind of slow down. Like, hey, you need to unpack this for people because you're preaching conviction with power, but it's getting distorted in people's lives and and how they're hearing it. So if you're living uh, ashamed, that filter, you hear the truth through the filter of your shame and it becomes condemning rather than life-giving. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm really encouraged that people are are making the distinction and realizing that conviction is for my good. I mean, quite literally, conviction draws us to God. Mm-hmm. Condemnation pushes us away from God. So when we're experiencing the conviction of the Spirit, it's like a harpoon. God is, is piercing you and trying to pull you in close and trying to address you in his tenderness and kindness and mercy and grace and, of course, his truth and righteousness where he's trying to, to bring you into his heart and show you what needs to change for your good, for your benefit, for you to be healthy. Because maybe if you keep going in this direction, you're going to damage your kids. You're going to end up in divorce court. Your marriage isn't going to make it. He wants you to shift and alter course. Well, how's he going to do it? He's going to convict you through his spirit by the word of God, and he's going to bring health and wholeness and healing to you. But that's why we have to cherish conviction rather than despise it. Yeah. And I just think a lot of times where we have to check our hearts is pride keeps us from listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We're like, no, mm -mm, I know what I'm doing. I got it. And I feel like the Lord is highlighting, you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. If someone comes to you and they point something out that is a character flaw in your life, if your immediate response is anger or no, that's not true or defensiveness, that is pride in your heart. We should at least have the humility, even if we don't believe it's true, to search our hearts and ask the father, like, is there any truth in what this person is saying about us or about me or whatever? You know, there have been people that, close friends who have come to me with concerns about different things in my life. And, you know, in first hearing it, the pride in your heart wants to come up and defend yourself and be like, well, this is why I said that, or this is why I responded that way. When really the Lord is using my faithful friends to say like, Hey, that wasn't okay. And the right response is, I'm sorry, (laughs) not I'm sorry, but this is why, you know, I have all this going on in my life and I was frustrated about this and this and this. No, the Lord is convicting our hearts through our friends. So if you do not have friends in your life that are able, that have the right to speak into your life, that's something to start working on. And I think even verbalizing to your friends, hey, I want you to know that you have a place to speak into my life. Because, you know, we talk about a lot that, um, what's the phrase that we use about advice that uh giving unsolicited advice is a character flaw yes so well people don't like that yeah so you have here's my two cents here's my two cents (laughs) you have to give people permission to speak into your life and tell them like 
I trust you. I want you to speak into my life. But then when they do come and bring things up, we have to have the humility to listen and believe that the Holy Spirit could be working through his body mm-hmm. to highlight something in our life that he's wanting to work on in our hearts. Yep. Yep. So good. So we know it's to our advantage that Jesus goes away. Why? Because it's going to be more beneficial, better, profitable for the Holy Spirit to come. And a huge benefit of the Holy Spirit living inside of us is his conviction, right? So we understand that to mean that in the person of Christ, the Spirit was with them, but it was limited in his humanity. Like he was, it was localized in the person of Jesus. But now Christ lives in us and has an intimate, personal, active close relationship with us by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's to our advantage that he would go away. So the Spirit convicts us of our sin. He brings healing. He calls us higher. He helps to expose things in us. And it's a beautiful thing because if you're a Christian, you signed on for Christ-like transformation. If you're a Christian, your journey is to become like Jesus. If you think you're a Christian and you don't want to become like Jesus, you might not be born again Mm -hmm. because that's the whole goal. That's God's ultimate purpose in our lives is transforming us into the image of his son. So conviction and condemnation are different. Now, before I unpack that further, I also want to make a distinction that conviction and belief are different. Belief says things are wrong but I'll still play with fire. Like, I believe this is a sin, but no, there's no conviction. When you get conviction, you will run and hide and go the other way. Conviction and offense are also two different things, right? (laughs) It's actually easier to choose to be offended, which is rooted in that prideful Mm -hmm. self-protection like we talked about. So I like to put it this way. If I'm offended, you're the problem. But if I'm (laughs) convicted... I'm the problem, so good. which is why we choose offense mm-hmm. over conviction because we don't want to hear the truth because we don't want to change. And that's the orphan spirit in us all that has yep. to get healed mm-hmm. and broken. That's the difference between the wheat and the tares is that true humility. You own your sin. You embrace conviction that leads you to repentance. So instead of being spirit sensitive, Unfortunately, the church has gone seeker sensitive. Mm -hmm. We've catered to, well, people are going to feel condemned or ashamed or when we preach the truth. And that's why we water things down. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we need to preach the truth of God's word. We need to pray for conviction to touch people's hearts. Because again, like we discussed last week, Peter preaches the word and they're pierced to the heart. Like, what do we have to do to be saved? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in this current hour, it feels like the church goes out to the world and says, what do we have to do to get you saved? Yeah. Rather than the other way, which is God's desire. So let's finish this episode by just unpacking. I've got seven points I want to make in comparing, contrasting conviction versus condemnation. And Taylor, you can chime in as you get get a thought here. So number one, uh, conviction leads you to repentance. Condemnation leaves you with regret. Condemnation will beat you down. Condemnation is that weighty, um, conviction is weighty too, but condemnation pulls you lower and crushes you. Those feelings of regret, that's condemnation, right? Number two, conviction is guidance. Condemnation is guilt. God doesn't use guilt 
Actually, he wants to wash you of guilt by the blood of Jesus and give you a new heart and a new mind and wipe the slate clean. So the conviction of the Spirit is his guidance. Condemnation from the enemy is guilt upon your soul. Mm -hmm. Number three, conviction has to do with being purchased by the blood of Jesus where condemnation leaves you feeling worthless. Yeah, that's good. Condemnation, it, it, it just crushes you in a way that's not healthy. Where condemnation, you, you when it's conviction, you feel like, man, something needs to change. Mm-hmm. But there's grace to walk it out. Because conviction, number four, floods you with mercy. Where condemnation fills you with shame. So there's a, a sense of mercy in conviction that, wow, I'm being convicted and this is God's mercy because I have an opportunity to change. Yeah. That's why repentance is is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. It means God's not done with me. He's offering me a chance to change and to make it right. Conviction number five uh, leaves you feeling relief. Yes. Where condemnation leaves you feeling obsessed. Mm-hmm. And I think we think that God needs us to obsess over our sin Mm -hmm. and to just get stuck in orbit just constantly over and over and over about, I did this wrong. I said this wrong. I, you know, Mm -hmm. the thing is, is that pride runs so deep within us that we would actually rather hate ourselves than humble ourselves. Yeah, that's good. So number six is that conviction is a clean slate where condemnation is a record of wrongs. Mm. You know, when you feel like the the bill is stacking up, the the, the note is tallying and it, it's just getting higher and higher and you're feeling that record of wrongs. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 says that love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. And we know that God is love. So when he's convicting us, he's trying to wipe the slate clean. clean. He's not trying to just fill you with a record of all your wrongs and make you feel like garbage. And lastly, number seven is that conviction is you being fathered by God, where condemnation has you feeling alone. Mm -hmm. Condemnation draws you into isolation, where conviction actually brings you into fellowship with the Lord. Yes, so good. So the last thing we want to leave you with here is in John 8. I want to encourage you with this, and then Taylor, I'd love for you to pray for people that might be feeling condemnation. We know the Lord wants to lift that from you. Want you to experience the conviction of the Holy Spirit from a pure place. So in John 8, there's a woman who's caught in adultery, and I won't read the story. You can check it out. It's the first 11 verses of John 8. But this woman is caught in the very act of adultery, and she's brought out by the Pharisees in front of Jesus. And Jesus does this powerful thing, and and I think this really illustrates conviction and condemnation, right? Where she's caught in sin and Jesus, they want to know, hey, the law says that we should stone this woman. What do you want us to do with her, right? So the law says stone her, but Jesus doesn't advocate for a license like, well, just look the other way. It's not a big deal. He actually says to them, he who is without sin, cast the first stone. And so it says, uh, starting from the older to the younger, they drop their stones and they walk away. And then when it's just Jesus and the woman, he says, where are your accusers? 
Where are those who condemn you? And she responds and says, no one, Lord. And then Jesus finishes with those famous words, neither do I condemn you. Go your way. He says, go and sin no more. So I think that's the voice of conviction there that says, go and sin no more. It's not go and sin some more. That would be a license for sin. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a big deal. No, sin is a big deal to God. Mm -hmm. That's why he convicts us. But he has a way of doing it that releases us into our destiny. Mm -hmm. So he removes all her accusers, all the condemnation, and he brings conviction and truth and admonishes her to go and sin no more. So true liberty isn't legalism. It's not, oh, we're sticking to the law. You should be stoned. But it's also not a license to sin. It's the conviction of the spirit that says, go and sin no more. Tay, any thoughts? And would you pray? Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. I just feel like the Lord wants to highlight some people for some people that you've been living under condemnation and not under conviction. And today can be the day that that changes. That you're not listening to this on accident and that the Father wants to expose this lie that you've been believing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so Father, we just come before you and I ask that you would meet people wherever they're listening to this, that your Holy Spirit would overwhelm them, that the Comforter would come that condemnation would break in the name of Jesus, that the walls that people have built up between you and them would break, that your kindness would lead us to repentance, that we would believe the truth about you, that you are always calling us closer to you, that you are good, that you are kind, that your conviction is a part of your kindness. So, Father, would you come? Would you fill people afresh? Would they feel drawn to your heart? Would they know that their sins are forgotten as far as the east is from the west? Thank you, Lord. That your blood speaks a better word? Mm -hmm. That they are washed? That they are pure? That they are washed white before you? Would we walk in the truth of who you are and who you say that we are? We love you so much, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I feel the presence of God strongly. Thank you guys for listening. Go and sin no more. And while you do, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. (laughs) Share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for joining us on episode three of the Bible Revival.